everyone, and welcome to Good and Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Coburn. This is a place where we will talk all things Jesus, how to love Him, be like Him, and walk in a way worthy of His name. I'm really excited to spend some time with you today. Hi, friends. I'm really happy you joined me today. Something that you may not know about me is that I have crazy dreams. Not only do I have insane dreams, but they are super detailed, and more times than not, I remember every single weird detail. The first dream that I can still remember happened when I was quite little. My dad would play episodes of the 1960s Batman for my brothers and I. Batman was great, but young Brittany was quite in love with Robin. I still remember dreaming that I was married to Robin. And we made such a wonderful duo that Batman was really jealous of our relationship. It's crazy that my brain holds on to such strange dreams. Recently, I have been dreaming scenarios that take place in the TV shows I watch before I go to sleep. These dreams have involved me dating a different guy, but knowing that my husband, who is just my best friend in the dream, is really the guy that I need to marry. And I know that I have to end things with my current boyfriend. No matter what the dream scenario, I always end up with my husband, which I love. Even my dreams realize that he is the best in the world. My friends have gotten used to texts or Marco Polo messages that start off with, OMG, let me tell you about this strange dream that I had. Most of the time, they leave us cracking up laughing. Maybe one day, I will have a dream that won't embarrass me too much to share publicly And you can see how crazy they really are. Now, something that isn't a dream is how much I love talking about Jesus. So, let's do that now. Have you ever read or listened to a scripture or sermon and gotten so internally pumped you could probably run a mile and share the gospel all at the same time? You read something and the Holy Spirit starts equipping you as you're reading or listening. He puts a fire that has been smoldering deep within one that you may have even thought was almost out, but he reignites it and you realize why you are here, why you follow Jesus, and why you are doing every single thing that you are doing. I hope you have. It's such an empowering and gracious feeling. I was sitting in a brand new coffee shop recently trying to figure out something, anything that we could talk about for this episode. I prayed the whole way there in silence which is unusual because I usually turn music up loud if I'm in the car alone. I got my leadership business taken care of the moment I sat down so that I had a clear mind. I stared at my computer screen and my Bible. Nothing. I turned on a playlist I found on Spotify called Music to Write To. Nothing. So I switched from doing nothing to prepping for my college Bible study. And that's when it happened. The more I dug into 1 Peter 4, the more pumped I started getting. We as Christ followers sometimes forget the reason and purpose we are doing what we are doing. We get caught up in the work itself and forget the reasoning for it. There are counselors that help people to overcome obstacles when it comes to sports, occupations, and such but we fail to think that sometimes we may need a spiritual reminder and a spiritual counselor, something to show us why we are doing what we're doing, why we aren't living the way we used to live, and why we are choosing to stand out instead of fitting in with the world. Wouldn't that be easier? 
go with what the majority believes, dress, act, play the way that the majority is doing it, wouldn't we be able to float along easier that way? Probably, but we would end up more damaged and bruised. And then in the end, what would be our purpose for even living? Jesus said in John 15, 19, if you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you do not belong to the world, but I choose you out of the world, for this reason the world hates you. Our lives are a dichotomy. We are called to love everyone, and yet we are told that we're going to be hated. We must have tough skin, but not the worldly hateful tough skin that walks around with don't talk to me expressions and keeps everyone at a distance. We are called to have Holy Spirit-given tough skin. It's a different type of toughness entirely. We're supposed to love the way that Jesus loved, respond the way that Jesus responded, and then brush our shoulders off and walk away. I may or may not have been thinking of this concept and literally did the brush your shoulders off dance while sitting in the coffee shop. You gotta dance when you feel it coming. Jesus even told the disciples in Matthew ten fourteen, And if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your message, shake the dust off of your feet as you leave the house or that town. But here's the thing. You do this only after trying first. Giving them a chance. Being loving and hospitable. 1 Peter 4, 7-10 says, For the culmination of all things is near. So be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of prayer. Above all, keep your love from one another fervent, because love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. We are supposed to be hospitable. This is not the version of hospitality that welcomes your close friends into your home at any time and feeds them and hangs out and has a really good time. That sounds great and sounds like it would be a blast and always welcome. But what Peter is saying here is that you have to be hospitable to those you don't know. Welcome in the strangers. Welcome in the ones who are hard to take. Welcome those in need and then He also challenges us to do so without complaining. We are called to love, to share the gospel, and to do all that we can to make sure that those we come in contact with know the Lord. How are we supposed to do that if we merely say hi to those we don't know, but we don't actually welcome them into our lives and ask them to get to know us? If we were to keep one set of two or three friends and kept those two or three only, How would we expand the kingdom? How would the world know the love and grace of Christ? We must make sure that we are welcoming and including everyone that we come in contact with. I'm an introvert. I would love to keep a small group of people who knew and loved me and were safe and then not move out of my comfort zone. But I have always felt the calling of hospitality. I've always known that I am not called to be comfortable. The longer I walk with open hands in the direction of the Holy Spirit, the more he doesn't let me stay comfortable for long. My human passion would be to stay comfy and cozy. But 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2 says, So since Christ suffered in the flesh, you are also to arm yourselves with the same attitude. 
because the one who has suffered in the flesh has finished with sin, and that he spends the rest of his time on the earth concerned about the will of God and not human desires. Another version says, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Desires and passions can be great and amazing things when they are God-given. But when our flesh is leading and guiding, they aren't what we're called to do. We're supposed to be hospitable, to love and lead with an open hand. We are called to die to our flesh. All of this can be painful and disappointing to a degree. But did you know how many amazing people alone I have gotten to know because I didn't stay in a tight bubble with a few friends, my husband, and my books? I've gotten to know people from all walks of life. I've gotten to know people with different beliefs, different backgrounds, different points of view. I've been blessed to know people for a short time and people that have stayed in my long-time close friend group. I have felt the loss of relationship because of change, but I've also been able to see Christ through a new friend's faith in hard situations. Recently, I was praying for individuals in a group that I lead. As I prayed for people specifically, God would show me a part of their story that I had learned through talking with them one-on-one. Each person he brought to mind their story, and by the end, I was in tears because he showed me how different, beautiful, and unique each person was. But when he put them all together, they created a beautiful picture of the love and faithfulness and redemption that he offers. How would I have known these stories if it wasn't for the time I'd spent giving a small amount of myself to learning who they were? Not only do those we open our hearts and homes to feel welcomed and loved, but Christ uses them to continually show us who he is. No one has the same story at all. I'm not perfect, and I've done my share of grumbling and complaining when I've felt the Holy Spirit driving me out of my comfort zone and towards opening up more to those around me. But I can tell you, he always puts me in a place, and I walk away just as blessed to have spent time with those people. I've also had people come into my life, spend hours in my home, only to have my name smeared through the mud and insults thrown my way. When people start feeling the need to change because of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, they're sometimes going to lash out. Hebrews 13.1 says, Brotherly love must continue. Do not neglect hospitality, because through it some have entertained angels without knowing it. In those moments of pain because I've gotten burned through hospitality, I need to remind myself that the writer of Hebrews says, first, brotherly love must continue. We cannot get burned once and then walk away and never open ourselves up to anyone else. There was a situation when Christopher and I first started our college ministry that almost broke me completely. We had shared immense amounts of hospitality to someone, and out of nowhere, we were slandered, torn to pieces, and hated. I was devastated. I remember standing in my living room and looking at my husband and saying, I can't do this. I cannot continue welcoming these students into my home if it's going to end like this. It didn't take long for the Holy Spirit to jump in and start mending pieces and bringing healing. Not to the situation, but to my heart and my family's calling. The thought that Satan almost convinced me to stop doing what I'm doing 
It makes me so angry. I would have missed out on knowing some of the finest humans that are going to be leaders of our world one day. My heart grows bigger and I learn more about God through each person that comes and throws themselves down on my carpet and eats all of my cookies and drinks all of my coffee or milk. I do not doubt that Christopher and I have entertained angels because of the humans that I have had walk through my home. Romans 12, 13 through 16 says, Contribute to the needs of the saints. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not be conceited. We are supposed to brush our shoulders off and walk away when we are persecuted for our hospitality. But we are not to curse those that have persecuted us. We are supposed to bless them. What? I have so many thoughts on this. I fail at this. One of the best sermons I have ever heard was on blessing those that possibly could deserve curses. But it would take forever for us to break this concept down. Just know that it is better to open your home, bless those that persecute you, and then continue to seek out hospitality. We should never close our hands and say, that's enough. We are here for a blip of time and not a moment should be wasted. We must always be welcoming and loving in order for the love of Christ to reach the hearts of those around us. Isaiah 58 talks about fasting and the type of fasting that the Lord desires. Verse 7 through 8 says, I want you to share your food with the hungry and to provide shelter for the homeless and oppressed people. When you see someone naked, clothe him. Don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. Then your light will shine like the sunrise. Your restoration will quickly arrive. Your godly behavior will go before you. And the Lord's splendor will be your rear guard. This week, seek out opportunity to be hospitable. Open your heart and your home to someone who needs love. Find a way to help those who cannot help themselves. And as scripture says, your godly behavior will go before you and the Lord's splendor will be your rear guard. I don't think there could be a better promise to that when showing hospitality. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give me a review where you listen to podcasts. I also ask that you share this podcast with your friends and family. If you think they need to hear it, share it. It's as simple as hitting the share button and then sending it in a text. Or take a screenshot and share it on social media. I would greatly appreciate it. You can find me on social media at Good and Glory Podcast. Please give me a follow. Until next time. May the grace of Jesus be with you.